The Miami Hurricanes keep getting named as finalists for some of the top recruits in the class of 2023 who haven't announced quite yet. So obviously that's a good thing. But now I think fans are becoming a little bit antsy. Are these kids actually going to choose Miami? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus and a South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. This is going to be a big weekend and a big uh, upcoming few weeks for recruiting. Uh, another big-time player has named Miami as a finalist. I want to talk about quarterbacks first, and it's why we bring in our good pal, John Garcia, Jr., Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. John, how you been, sir? I've been well. Uh, Well-traveled, uh, and there's it's like every time we talk, there's a bunch going on, it seems like. So it's this June has been uh, quite the opposite of what we're used to on the trail, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing. These kids are are making moves, as they say. So one of the top quarterback uh, recruits in 2023, we've talked about him a number of times on these segments. I've been counting down basically for the last month to Jaden Rashada out of Pittsburgh, California, who uh, had scheduled himself to actually make his announcement, to announce his commitment Saturday, June 18th, Saturday. Now, over the past couple of weeks, I've become more and more pessimistic about Miami's chance. He's one of their uh, Miami's one of his seven finalists. I've become more and more pessimistic about Rashada because he didn't end up making an official visit to Miami. Uh, but you were telling John, t- tell people what you were telling me behind the scenes that the Saturday announcement may not happen on Saturday. Yeah, I think this, if if true, which is what we're we're hearing and we've confirmed from from different sources. With Jaden, you know, he's he's not ready. And we talked to him out in Las Vegas over the weekend, and you could kind of hear it in his voice. And and I just asked him flat out, I'm like, hey, do you know privately, like, if, if it's school X yet, uh, and you're just waiting to reveal it to us? And he's like, no, he, at that time, no, I, I had no idea. And at that point, he was coming off of back-to-back-to-back official visits, three and six days between A&M, LSU, and Florida. So you could understand why it, it was kind of a lot for him. Then he went out and competed in Vegas and then he wanted to go back to Cali this week and, and just kind of recharge and try to dig into this decision. But we're hearing that he's just not ready. Uh, and I think that's great news for Miami, because like you said, it seemed like if he stuck with that Saturday announcement, he was probably going in the SEC, right? Florida had two visits under their belt over the last couple of weeks, including the last official visit, a good position to be in. He was certainly uh, buying what Billy Napier and, and Anthony Richardson, who would have gotten a big assist on this, was selling. Uh, and then AM also really captivated him and caught his attention. That was his first ever trip to College Station. So I think those two had the buzz if it was all about Saturday 100%. But as he pushes it back, it now opens the door, theoretically, for Miami, most importantly. I I do think uh, that if he is to take his final, his fifth and final official visit, I do believe it would be to Coral Gables. I I asked him about it over the weekend. Hey, you know, 
could Miami grab this last visit? And he said that they were talking about it. They were talking about dates. We know Mario Cristobal and Josh Gaddis were in contact with Jaden this week. Uh, so maybe those dates are getting closer to being ironed out. Uh, and, and so for Miami fans, that's the next chapter of this thing. Okay, like, okay, when is he deciding and could we grab a visit before the decision? Now, he's already been to Coral Gables twice. He loves it. He certainly likens it to the big metros he's used to, like Los Angeles. So there's a lot going for Miami. Uh, he was playing with the Miami Immortals at that seven-on tournament in Las Vegas. So he's throwing it to Robbie Washington. He's playing with Bobby Washington, multiple Miami commitments on a roster that's kind of Miami-laden, if you will, when it comes to college representation. So I do think those are all good factors for relevance for Miami if he does push it back. But I'm curious to see, of course, how further back into the month of June he does push it. Is it just a week? Is it just a couple of days to truly think about the current visits and options that he already has on the table. If that's the case, it might still be a Florida A&M battle with Miami as an outsider. Uh, but if he obviously schedules a trip, I think it's game on. And Miami's this program that from one week to the next could stand to benefit the most from a top five quarterback recruit in this country. And that's something that Canes uh, fans should expect at this point, right? I mean, that's, that's the whole reason you've got Mario Cristobal and you've built – this incredible staff, it's to compete for these kind of, of recruiting battles. So uh, it would be quite fitting if, you know, a big time quarterback came down to Florida and Miami, really, uh, at the 11th hour. Even though he's from California, I, I think that would be um, quite enjoyable and, and entertaining from, from an outsider's perspective, just watching message boards and, and certainly a, a website called Twitter.com. Well, this is, this is tremendous info from a man who just spoke to Jaden Rashada over the weekend. You also spoke to five-star quarterback out of Detroit, Michigan, Dante Moore. Now, as now, now you're you're pulling me back in a little bit on the Rashada thing, but o over the last several days, as I had started to become less optimistic about Rashada, I started to get a little bit more optimistic about Dante Moore because uh, he talked about Miami. And by the way, the Sports Illustrated Miami recruiting page, the All Hurricanes, uh, did an awesome job covering those quotes. He spoke very highly, did Dante Moore, about Mario Cristobal, who was recruiting him at Oregon before he started recruiting him at Miami. But especially, he spoke highly of Josh Gaddis. Now, remember, Moore is in the state of Michigan. So he and Josh Gaddis have a relationship there. And Gaddis was recruiting Dante Moore at Michigan and you know and, and also we talked weeks ago about Dante Moore potentially going to Notre Dame Notre Dame ends up you know bringing in uh, CJ Carr Lloyd Carr's grandson to come play quarterback in that class so that seemingly makes it more open for Dante Moore so John am I right to start to get you know a little bit optimistic for this player absolutely uh this is like you said when the head coach and the OC have now recruited you at, at two different schools each, it certainly re-emphasizes the priority status of you as a recruit. Uh, and he likes that longstanding relationship with both coaches to this point. Um, a lot of the schools that, that he's looking at have also had transitions where maybe he wasn't as familiar with either the new group, which I think is the case with Oregon, uh, versus you know groups that, that have transitioned that he was familiar with, like LSU, or Notre Dame, the schools that he was very familiar with before uh, the wild coaching carousel of, of 2021. So Miami's right in the thick of this thing. I do believe uh, Michigan, Ohio State are trying to hang around. Um, some people felt like if Carr went to Notre Dame, that Dante would now go to Michigan and kind of make it almost like an even unspoken trade. 
of sorts. But but again, the early Michigan momentum was largely tied to Josh Gaddis, who's now, of course, at Miami. So I do think that the door is open for the Canes. And I think the major difference between this recruitment and that of Rashada is that Dante is chill right now. He is just hanging out. He's going to take one visit to Texas A&M this weekend, which would have been on the same timeline of Rashada's commitment. Dante would have been at A&M. So imagine if it was A&M, that would have been kind of awkward. But now that that won't happen, most likely. So Dante's going to take an unofficial to College Station. And then he's he's going to go into the, to the Elite 11 at the end of the month and then into the month of July, which is largely a dead period in college football, and kind of just hang out. There's no timeline. He's in no rush. He's got multiple official visits that he still has uh, at his disposal should he want to take them. Uh, so I do think that that one's more wide open from a timeline and a contender perspective here because some of these other dominoes will fall before Dante Moore. So as schools start to fill up, like a Texas A&M, maybe Oregon grabs uh, Avery Johnson, who's visiting this weekend for an official visit. Some of these QB spots will be occupied. Um, so Miami, depending on what happens with Rashada, uh, could very well remain in play for both of these guys. And that's something that obviously is, is a great position to be in. And I don't think any other school can say on the front end. I think Oregon's in the mix and LSU's in the mix for both but neither feels great uh, for, for either of those two guys. Miami increasingly you know, in it for Rashada and longstandingly in it for, for Dante Moore. So, uh, and then you still got Emory Williams there as well, another guy who we'll see at the Elite 11 uh, from the Panhandle who came down and threw well for the staff earlier this month. So one of those three, it feels like is going to be the guy. It's just a matter of who, and, and I guess now with Rashada pushing it back, it's a matter of, just when Miami's going to figure this thing out at quarterback. But all, I mean, all three are elite 11 finalists. So all three are in theory, top 20 quarterbacks in the country. So it's a heck of a starting point for this staff. Is there any concern though, to playing the waiting game? Cause, uh, cause what you said about Dante Moore being chill and not really needing to rush this great for him, but for the schools that are in the mix, shouldn't they be concerned that if, if I wait for him and then the secondary quarterback market decides on other schools, then I might be left holding the bag when he makes his decision? Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's the business of, of college football recruiting nowadays. And and you've got to have some some boldness in there from your coaching staff to wait it out for some of those guys. And, and I, I think it's worth it in this case and in this class because the top of this class is incredibly strong. This is one of the best groups we've seen uh, in the last several years. Uh, so I do think it's worth it to maybe wait it out. But you, of course, always run that risk because maybe Emory Williams, and actually we know this as of yesterday, Emory Williams is getting more phone calls. Florida wants him to throw for him. Florida State wants him to come by. So now all of a sudden other schools are catching up to Miami's evaluation of Emory Williams. So maybe that isn't a shoe-in or no-brainer grab for Miami if it falls through with Rashada and or more. So, yeah, you always run those kind of risks in quarterback recruiting, but uh, that's why it's it's the needle-moving position, right? It's all yeah. about those quarterback dominoes. So I think it's going to work out for Miami in the end, especially with Rashada pushing it back. That should elevate the overall optimism of landing one of these three uh, big-time passers. So I think it's going to work out, but you you do have to have a little bit of risk with that reward. Last thing on these quarterbacks, in, in previous episodes of Locked on Canes, we've broken down a little bit the the styles and the attributes of Rashada, 
and of Emery Williams. Since I wasn't really taking Dante Moore to Miami a whole lot seriously until recently, that's one player we haven't really talked about. So, like, can you tell our listeners, John, what type of a quarterback five-star Dante Moore is? Man, this is a classic uh, pocket passer, a guy who is incredibly accurate, short to intermediate, uh, has got great production and experience. So a guy who started since he was a freshman up, up in Detroit at Martin Luther King High School, which is one of the premier schools in that area of the country, won a state championship. And, and get this, last year, Alex, the TD to interception ratio, I know this because I just wrote about it this morning, 40 to 3. I mean, this is as productive <laughs> – efficient and accurate a quarterback as there is he was out in Vegas uh lighting guys up uh being coached by Cam Newton uh for his seven on seven team and Cam even said it Cam's like the demeanor and consistency this guy brings is incredibly impressive and and Cam has coached Justin Fields Bo Nix I mean every great Atlanta Alabama area quarterback has gone through Cam's team at some point it feels like so to import Dante Moore from Michigan alone, I think says a lot about Cam's feeling for him. And and then, you, again, you go to the numbers and the body of work, and, and it's as good as anyone's in this great class. I mean, he's legitimately a candidate to be the number one quarterback in the country uh, for a reason. I would say unanimously ahead of Rashada. Maybe not for me, yeah. but for, for most of the industry. And I think uh, the floor there is is just sky high. Him and Arch Manning have the highest floors of this elite group of quarterbacks to me. We're going to talk about a blue chip five star wide receiver who's got Miami in his finalist right after we talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Stanley Cup finals matchup, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. You can also find all those college football futures, guys. If you're a Miami fan looking to play some wagers, there's so many numbers there. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hey, guys, we have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. And thank you so much for your help. Alex Dono alongside John Garcia, Jr., Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. So another player that Miami makes the finalist list for. And Hurricanes are getting so spoiled, Hurricanes fans, because it's like Miami's been named a finalist for like a bunch of the best recruits in the country. And then I see people whining on Twitter, but, oh, he's not even going to come here. Mario's paying, getting paid $8 million for what? Like, first of all, you don't know who's coming here and who's not yet. And Miami wouldn't even be finalists for most of these guys in previous years. But I, I digress. Uh, American Heritage wide receiver Brandon Innes. So he's, he's right in the backyard. Uh, five-star. He's got Miami among six finalists, including Alabama, LSU, USC, Texas A&M, and Ohio State. So that's, you know, what a lineup there that this young man is choosing between. Uh, any idea uh, what sort of timetable Brandon Ennis is looking at and where do you think Miami stands? The timetable question is fascinating here, Alex. I've heard anything from Hey, keep an eye out this weekend. And this, you know, might jump on board with Ohio State when he visits. Literally, I got that call yesterday. Wow. 
I've heard that all the way to this is a signing day kid, December, going to wait it out. He's looking at a lot of coaching staffs that are under transition, including Lincoln Riley and USC, where he was committed uh, to, to Oklahoma under Riley uh, last year. So I do think he wants to see what USC looks like, what Miami looks like. Uh, LSU is on his list with the transition coaching staff. I think for a wide receiver, you definitely want to see uh, what the current product uh, looks like. I think Alabama and Ohio State, he probably don't need that. So if you're a Canes fan, I think you want him to wait. I, I think you are like, hey, take your time, Brandon, big fella. We're, we'll be here in the end. And I think Miami will be there in the end. You know, he's he's visited several times here recently, which was not the case under the previous administration before the, it was like a foregone conclusion. Like, yeah, Brandon, there's, there's no chance he stays in the state with any of the big three schools or big four. If you want to throw in UCF, he's leaving Florida. I don't throw in UCF, John. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. If you do, but if, if you if you fast forward to this point now, I think you can make the argument that that Miami's uh, made a good as good a run in the last six months as, as any program, and there are some some connections that he has uh, to the U. And one of his teammates um, from last year is, is there. James Williams, of course, is an American Heritage. A product of that pipeline is is something that Miami needs to grow uh, under Mario Cristobal. Something that's that's quite obvious uh, on the trail at this point. But again, Miami even being in it is is a sign of progress from even six months ago when it looked like okay maybe he follows Lincoln Riley to USC. But if he doesn't, it's definitely Alabama or Ohio State. Not so the case anymore. I do think if he waits, it could be great news for Miami down the line, especially if the wide receiver group starts to show some signs of promise uh, on the football field, I think that's, that's the biggest thing uh, for him going forward. But uh, like I said, the timeline all over the place from Ennis, I get the sense he's going to wait, uh, but there is a little bit of buzz about him uh, making a surprise splash at some point this summer. I don't see it. He just put out his top six on Wednesday. Uh, if it was a top two or three, maybe, hey, that's that's an indicator that things are really close. But I think six is a big enough number, especially with schools like LSU and AM in there that he hasn't really spent a lot of time at. I do think that keeps the door open uh, for all schools going into the late summer and, and into the fall eventually. Miami landed a commit this week, a verbal commit from a very tall tight end, Jackson Carver, six foot six. Man, he, he looks the part. And like his athletic profile really fascinates me, John, because he's a former high level hockey player and a former uh, I mean, maybe he still plays like for fun. I don't know, but he's a, a high level enough lacrosse player that he was a one time commit to Notre Dame to play lacrosse there. So he transitions to football late. So that tells me there's a ton of upside. He's already a three-star or even a four-star, depending on what publication you look at. So what can you tell Canes fans? What can they expect from Jackson Carver? And how much development do you think he's going to need at the college level? Yeah, this is fascinating, right? I mean, he's he's become a high-level recruit uh, kind of overnight in this class of 2023. Uh, like you said, not only did he play other sports before jumping into football last year, but even on the football field, he played a lot of D-line uh, out in Indiana at his previous school. So this is a kid that just is a good athlete who is certainly comfortable with contact, given his background as a defensive lineman, hockey player, and lacrosse player. Uh, so you like him at the point of attack. He's super tall, as you mentioned, 6'6". So he has the ability to potentially extend and become a nice blocker. But you, you see him running around. Uh, catching passes out there and it looks kind of natural i think if you watch the tape 
before you read a story about him, you wouldn't think that this was his first year of, of big time football uh, by any stretch. I think he looks a little bit more comfortable uh, than maybe his profile suggests. Uh, that said, there is still certainly development uh, to be made, uh, not only this coming year for him uh, up in Connecticut at a prep school, but certainly once he gets down uh, to Miami for good. And I think that's a good thing because he's a tight end. You know, one of those positions that like pass rushers, we've seen guys come in and play, you know, a whole other sports or a whole other countries and just kind of figure it out in a year or two um, at a big time college football program. So I do think that's one of the spots where you don't worry about maybe how raw or early to the game he is at that kind of position, because we've seen so many people transition to those positions relatively well. So I think that's a strong upside uh, promise there for Canes fans. And and look, this was not something that was was taken lightly by Miami. This wasn't a, hey, let's just grab this kid for momentum. I mean, Jackson told me, I hear from Mario Cristobal every day. You know, when the head man's hitting you up every day, and I know Mario's relentless and has all these great accolades as a recruiter, but he's still hitting up a, a kid who's played football for a year every single day. So the desire the pressure from Miami was was really strong and consistent on this one. And he took the official visit last weekend. It was a return trip to Coral Gables, and he, he saw everything he needed to see. So so he jumped on board uh, in what should be the first of, we, we think, multiple tight end recruits for the Canes in this class. But it's a good starting point because they'll pair him with someone who is maybe more of a jumbo receiver, pass first kind of guy because he appears to be, at a minimum, a guy who's more comfortable with contact and a supplementary wide receiver type. So uh, it's interesting nonetheless, and and again, expands that Miami footprint now into the, the Midwest or even the Northeast, if, if you consider him a Connecticut uh, prospect, because that's where he's playing ball uh, right now. Well, this is tremendous stuff here from John Garcia. I'm going to have to ask John, by the way, if Miami fans should be worried about the NCAA inquiry, because they, they were in town last week talking about NIL. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, hey, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I don't know. And then you have to wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry. Well, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home, even in your pocket. Guys, I believe in Rock Auto. I've used Rock Auto. Save time and money. When using Rock Auto, you will save both. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts, the same exact parts from a chain store or a car dealership? For an example, if you have that Honda Odyssey, a fuel pump from a chain store is going to cost you $353 versus $216 from Rock Auto. Why would you pass up a savings like that? Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every single customer. So go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and make sure, my friends, you write Locked on Canes in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. So write Locked on Canes in the How Did You Hear About Us box. You will find amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, available free on YouTube. So uh, the headlines started to come out. I think, in fact, the Sports Illustrated, I think, was uh, the first to report that uh, the NCAA enforcement was down in South Florida last week talking to, uh, to Miami officials about NIL, and they had meetings with John Ruiz. Now, thankfully, 
John Ruiz commented, even though, you know, Miami didn't, I understand why they didn't, but like Ruiz painted the picture, John Garcia, as if, you know, he wasn't, he didn't feel like he was being interrogated. Like he thought that they were just gathering information, right? Because the NCAA, they're trying to figure out how NIL is functioning around the country. But of course, anytime Miami fans see NCAA investigating, we get flashbacks. Like it's, 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 you know, screwed us over so many times for lack of a better phrase. So should Miami fans be worried about this in your opinion? Not yet. Uh, It's certainly, you know, caught my attention uh, that, you know, we haven't really heard of the NCAA boots on the ground at any of these other programs at this point. So for Miami to be the first to host the NCAA, I thought was, was really interesting. And like I said, that caught my attention. But once you dug into more of it, like you said, Alex, you know, uh, Ruiz said that it wasn't uh, super hard pressing or or a long of a process. And he also, of course, doubled down on, hey, I have nothing to hide on top of yeah. that, uh, which which should provide a little bit of relief because he's clearly because he's been so public about some of these deals and, and just kind of the inner workings of those processes. I think that is it should be a sigh of relief for Miami fans, because if he began to either, you know, muzzle his Twitter account or, you know, slow down or backtrack or anything like that, that would have been the sign that, uh uh-oh, this this could snowball here in a hurry. But I actually think him being public was good uh, for the perception department. I've already been asked if this impacts Miami recruiting and all that kind of stuff. And and sure, it could come up uh, with other programs, uh, but I don't don't see anything tangible for them to jump in on at this point. Uh, Although I did see a funny meme saying, like, it was like uh, two dogs barking at each other. And it was one of the dog was Saban. One dog was Jimbo Fisher. And then it was like something flying over. And it's like the NCAA on their way to Miami anyway, even though these that. guys are, are barking at each other. Oh, so oh, it's it's the nature of it. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't worry just yet. Uh, certainly interesting and something to keep an eye on, but no panic button or, or even coming close to it at this point. Uh, you guys hear that? No, no panic button, at least not yet. So we, we could all chill. Huge thanks, John Garcia Jr. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at John Garcia underscore junior and check out his awesome work covering recruiting with Sports Illustrated. And, you know, John had been telling me for a couple of weeks about the new All Hurricanes page. And we're actually going to be chatting on our Saturday episode, John, with Luke Cheney, uh, part of the staff on the All Hurricanes page. So we're going all in, man. I, I love all the coverage that the U is getting on SI. So thank you so much for that. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good, Alex. Thanks for having me, man. Have a good weekend. Hey guys, thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen. Hey, the first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. So search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts of Locked On NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. We will talk to you guys for a special Saturday episode tomorrow on another Locked On Canes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.